Turn, if you will, to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I'm preaching on, I believe it, way down in my bones. You ever heard people say, I just feel it in my bones? I, I have to repent of something when I, when I start. Uh, when you've been preaching as long as I, I have, I was a young man when I started, and I'd hear old timers talk about, there's a storm coming, I can feel it in my bones. And I'd somewhat laugh about that. The Lord's forgiven me though, because you can. Yeah, when Arthur comes to visit, and uh, you, you know, you can feel it. I think there's the change that takes place. Somebody shout amen right there. Yeah, I'm on common ground here. But you know what? Just as sure as the old timers would say that about the aches and pains in their body, I think that we can say with great comfort, there's some things I don't have to worry about because I believe it and I can feel it way down in my bones. In Hebrews chapter 11, I'm gonna read uh, verse 22. Verse 21 is about Jacob as well, but I, I've, I've recently preached on that. Uh, many of you remember that message, I'm sure, but I'm looking at verse 22. The Bible says, by faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his what? His bones. Now, anytime you look at a passage of scripture, I think the best way to study your Bible is to ask yourself three questions. When you read something that you don't understand, number one, what did it mean then? What did that verse mean? When Joseph's record of his death and this commandment concerning his bones was recorded. What did it mean then when the writer recorded it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit? And then I think the second question, reasons to follow, what does it mean now? Because the word of God was not only pertinent then and applicable then, it's still applicable now in my life. So what did it mean then? What did it mean now? Does the word of God change? No, but circumstances and situations change. We live in a different era of time in this respect. Uh, we have a lot of things that we've been blessed with in our age that they weren't blessed with at that time. I think it's remarkable that he knew he was dying and they didn't have the physicians, they didn't have the ability to tell them how near they were to death. There was no hospice. There wasn't any way for someone to come and medically say, you're near death, but he still knew he was dying. And the commandment came before he died, of course. So we have to look at it though. What happened there that will apply to me now? How will that have a meaning to me in my life now, and the third thing uh, is, what does it personally mean to me or to you? If God left this in the word of God, there must be something that applies to me and you that we can take it and use it or we're going to need it. 
And for those of you that's been here a number of years, you know by now, I don't preach to problems, I preach to prevent problems. And when I preach certain things that I know will help us when we face problems, then I ask God to let me be proactive in that area. So this today is to help us because we're all on the same journey that Joseph was on and there's coming a time where that when we near the end of life that we want people around us to know that what we have in death has not only been good to live by, but it's good to die by as well. So what did it mean then? Well, I think that this whole verse deals with one subject, that is faith or belief. So what did he believe in his bones? What did his bones bring about as an act of faith, this commandment concerning his bones? Well, we have to go all the way back to Genesis chapter 50. Turn there if you will. And I think that his bones relate to faith and belief in this aspect. He tells us what the root of faith really is. And the root of faith gives you the reason for faith in your life. So he's telling us what the root of faith is all about. When you get to chapter 50 in Genesis, that's the last chapter of Genesis, Let's begin reading about verse 24 to the end of the chapter. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you. Underline that phrase, God will surely visit you. How did he know that? How did he know that? God will surely visit you and bring you out of the land, of this land, unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And he said, and Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence. Twice he's telling them, this is not something I feel, this is not something I think, this is something that is sure. God's going to bring you up out of this land. God's going to visit you. And just as sure as he knew his name, he knew it would happen. And he said, and when you do, I want you to carry up my bones from hence. He's recording this in Egypt. So Joseph died being 110 years old and they embalmed him and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. Isn't that something? Man starts in a garden in Genesis and in the end, the last verse, he winds up in a coffin. Now how could he make that statement and make that statement by faith with assurance? And I have to pause right here. It is not faith if you say God can do it if God can do it, but God can do it, maybe. That's not faith, that's doubt. There is an opposite between faith and doubt. I'm not preaching to you today the power of positive thinking. 
Faith has nothing to do with me and nothing to do with you and everything to do with God. He said, God will surely visit you. He said, I can say that by faith because the root of our faith is hinging on one thing. Faith is always established and confirmed by the word of God. Why could he say that, the reason? Because he had God's word on it. Well, where did he have God's word on it? Go back to Genesis 15, if you will. Genesis 15. Let's look at verse 13. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 13. This is God talking to Abraham. And he said unto Abram, know of a surety. Isn't that something? The same word. God will surely and a surety. Base word, root word is exactly the same. Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. And afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. So he's saying, I know this is sure because God gave Abraham his word. And the word that God gave to Abraham was this simple. You're going to go down as a small group of my people into another country, that was Egypt. They went in with 70. And he said, but after that you are there for 400 years, I will surely bring you out. And he said, I can tell you with all assurance that God always does what he says he will do. That's faith and the root of our faith is in the word of God. That's why there's no need for you to come up and argue with me about the fact that you can't be saved because God's word says you can be saved. And when the devil says things aren't looking good or you don't feel a certain way or you don't act a certain way, you've got the authority of the word of God that says I have been saved by grace through faith that not of myself it is a gift of God I know that I'm saved because I did what the Bible said to do and Jesus did what the Bible said he would do and I can trust the word of God faith so the root of him feeling that and believing that in his bones was based on the word of God. That's why we don't see much in the area of demonstration of faith anymore because people don't know the word of God. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. No word, no faith. See, if I say it, you can't bank on it. Why? Because I could be well-intentioned, but there's things that I can't, I can't know and things that I can't see. I don't know the future. I don't know where it's, but if God said it, 
you can always rest assured that it will come to pass just the way God recorded it in his word. And he said, I want you to know that the reason for my faith is the word of God. And if you're going to make it through whatever you're going to go through, you better know this book. Because in this day, this book is the anchor to our soul, sure and steadfast. And no matter what the enemy brings your way, there is power in the word of God to overcome him. And you can stand sure God will do just what he said he would do. We see he can believe it in his bones because of the root of his faith. The word of God. Now it hasn't happened yet. He's looking forward. But what this does is it changes your outlook on your future. Because he not only had that feeling way down in his bones and faith way down in his bones that was from the root of faith, the word of God, but then he had a rest from his faith. He could die in peace. He could die with assurance because he said two things are going to happen. Number one, God is going to take you out of here. And when you go out of here, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you, don't leave me in Egypt. I want you to take my bones and I want you to take my bones to the land that God had promised because the word of God says you're going to go, you're gonna come up out of this, you're not gonna stay where you're at, you're not gonna stay in bondage in Egypt. Now he could say all of this and you think that he would have had plenty of rest in the fact that he had been promoted. Remember, this is the same man that has had a life of trials and heartache. He was on top when his father made him the coat of many colors, but then thrown into the pit and then sold into slavery. And then finally, he makes his way back to the top and Potiphar's wife lies on him and he's back in the prison. But then he's forgotten in the prison. But then he's brought back up out of the prison and elevated to one of the key leaders in the land. And he's a man that has great, great faith in God. And God has blessed him and given him favor. And the, the people's life is better because of his love for the Lord. Do you know we all, we all can benefit from the life of others? We can, we can receive blessings because of the way others have lived and the life of faith that they have lived. And we can receive blessings because of that. So here he is now at a place where that he knows that he's been blessed. But it didn't give him any peace of mind knowing he was second in the land. Having great substance, a lot of possessions, didn't give him peace of mind. Just give me a couple minutes to focus in right here. I don't care how much money you've got. And I don't care how much property you own. And I don't care how much you have in materialism. None of that will give you peace of mind when it's time to make your crossing. Why? You're leaving it all behind. You'll never see a U-Haul attached to the back of ours. 
You came into this world with nothing and you're leaving with nothing. That's the word of God. Naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I shall return either. He's saying you didn't come with anything in your hand and when you leave, you're not gonna have anything in your hand. I'm not saying that God doesn't expect us to take care of what he's given to us and, and to have faith in God to use what he's given to us wisely. That doesn't give you an excuse to squander everything in life. I'm just saying whatever you accumulate, you're leaving it all behind when you die. Power, possessions, prestige, positions, all gone. You're leaving it behind. So the money, the, the possessions couldn't give him rest. His position couldn't give him rest. The love that other people had for him and the concern that they had, that didn't give him rest. But he said, I'll tell you what'll give me rest. If you make an oath with me, that when God, not if God, when God brings you out, you take my bones with you. And you don't lose my bones until you get to the land that God's promised. And there you bury me there. So how does it benefit us? Well, we have the root of faith, the word of God. How does it benefit us? We have rest from our faith. So our faith is rooted and we have rest because of our faith. But because of that, there is a reward. Faith is always rewarded. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You don't serve God for nothing. There's a payday. There's a reward that's coming. It may not come now, you may not see it now. He didn't see it then. But he knew one day he would see it. And they took his bones and did as he commanded. They carried his bones all through the wilderness as they made the journey and traveled 40 years. They carried the bones. 40 years they took care of the bones. Could you imagine somebody say, what's your job? Pack these bones around. Where are you taking them? I'm taking them to the promised land. What promised land? It's, de it's desert here, it's barren. There's no promised land here. What are you doing? Why are you doing it? Because we made a promise. We made an oath. We said that we would. Wouldn't it be refreshing just to see people who would do what they said they would do? Who would do what they promised they would do? I'm telling you, I'm glad that happened then. How does that apply now? You'd, you'd be hard pressed to find four generations that would carry your bones. I can't even find two generations that'll come to church. I'm still preaching this morning. I'm telling you, it's hard to trust one generation, let alone a generation that dies off. And now you've got a whole, remember by the time they got to the promised land, there was just Joshua and Caleb left. The others had all died off because they hadn't fulfilled the promises of God. They died in the wilderness. So now their children have that responsibility. Why? I made a promise. 
Do you remember when you got saved? And faith changed your life? And your life was turned around? Now, we didn't know what we were doing when, when it happened. But a lot of people wrote a check with their mouth that their life hasn't been able to cash. Because when he saved them, they said, Lord, I'm gonna love you forever. And I'm gonna be faithful to you. And I'm gonna read my Bible. And I'm gonna pray. And I'm gonna go to church. Lord, I'm gonna praise you. And now we go to church when we don't have anything else to do. We read our Bible when we don't have anything better to do or we're in trouble and we need an answer. And we praise God when we feel like it. Right now you've got more on your mind about hamburgers and hot dogs grilling tomorrow than you do the fact that the King of glory saved your soul and brought you out. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things. Some of you have run all over the country all week long expecting the preacher to bring it today. Well, I'm expecting you to bring it. A little amen every now and then don't hurt. And every now and then you can shout and praise God. If we're not careful, we'll turn around and the fire of God will leave our life and leave our church. But I'm determined. I remember what I promised God. And I told him, Lord, if you save me, the world will never hear the last of it and I'm here to tell you God is so good and he just keeps blessing and blessing and we have more to praise God for this morning than we've ever had now here's the blessing of all of it why did he want his bones taken out of Egypt to the land of promise This is why. He said, I know I'm going to die in this land. But even though I die in this land, I don't want to wake up in this land. I want to wake up in another country. I want to wake up in another land. When it comes time for these bones to come out of the grave, when it comes time for me to rise from the dead, I wanna be in a different place. I wanna be in the promised land. I don't wanna be in Egypt and I don't wanna be under the rule of Pharaoh. I wanna be under the rule of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I wanna wake up in a different place, in a different land, a land of promise. Can I tell you something? There's coming a time and unless things could change, and I know things do change. Uh, I've got a little parcel of land over here beside of the church. They call it my, my grave. I call it my piece of resurrection ground. And one of these days, I'm gonna have to lay down this body, and this body will become bones. Uh, go ahead and plant me there if you want to, but I can make this assurance, uh, say this with all assurance, I might, I might be laid down there, but I'm waking up in another land. Because one day when the Lord calls, I know this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up yonder somewhere beyond the blue. When he calls me, I'll answer and I'll wake up there. Go to 
asleep here. Wake up there. Plain and simple. It's where your heart's at. His body was in Egypt, but his heart was in the promised land. Now here's the thing. Get ready to come and sing if you will. Here's the thing. No matter how much you try to convince yourself, you're gonna die. And when you die, I hope this world wasn't all that you had to love and hold on to. But when you die, I hope that you have told your family and your loved ones, this is what I want you to do with my bones, but rest assured, put them where I ask and do with them what I want. They'll be planted here, but I will awake in his likeness in a land that is fairer than day. It can happen quick, you know, real quick. You're fine today, come tomorrow, everything could change. You're one heartbeat, one breath away from eternity. If you're here today, I ask you simply, if you died right now, are you gonna wake up in a better land, in a better place? Do you know Jesus as your savior?